uh, our first episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. Uh, this is Colby Drost. I'm the president and founder of Paragon Sports Consulting, a player advising firm that helps kids from the ages of 14 to 20 with their path to college hockey. Um, this is something new I'm trying, and, and this podcast originated from uh, all the hockey podcasts out there, which I think are awesome and give some great insight. But I thought there could be a focus on more of uh, – the coaches where a lot of kids at 15, 16, 17 um, are going to be making decisions to play, whether it's prep school, midget hockey academies, junior, NA, NCDC, everything in between. And today we have someone I've known for now 10 years, Nate Bosick, the director uh, of the Boston Hockey Academy at Madigan High in Somerville, Massachusetts. Is that right, Nate? Uh, Cambridge. Cambridge, I'm sorry. And uh, Nate, I met when I played junior hockey at 18 years old, helped me get to Niagara University. Ever since then, at the New England Huskies in the Eastern Junior Hockey League, he scouted in the queue. He was a part of the Islanders hockey program out of uh, Tingsboro in North Andover, helped build the organization into, I think now it's one of, the, one of, if not the biggest youth program in the country. He grew the midget program over six or seven years um, and, and now is in his new venture with the Boston Hockey Academy in Cambridge. Um, you know, tell us, Nate, you know, in brief, you know, what, tell us about your background on playing. I know you played prep school, college, juniors, um, and, and kind of your experience leading up to the Boston Hockey Academy. Yeah, thanks, Colby. Um, yeah, so playing uh, experience, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts. I, you know, I was fortunate to play Massachusetts high school hockey for a few years before um, going to St. Mark's school. After that, I you know, played two years of junior hockey. Back then, it was the Eastern Junior Hockey League. Um, and then I was fortunate to go on and play at uh, Niagara University and um, back when it was the CHA and um, had a lot of success there as a team. And since then, I've been coaching between uh, U16, U18, and junior hockey, as well as running a youth program. And how did the whole... Uh what made you make that transition from the Islanders hockey club where you were, you know, touch on some of the players you had that ended up committing division one, went on to play junior tier two, and then the change of scenery to heading to the Boston hockey Academy. Yeah. You know, um, we were the new England Huskies in the Eastern junior hockey league. I was there for three years. Um, that turned over and, um, we changed the name over to the Islanders hockey club. Um, at that point, you know, we've, We've been around for seven years then. And um, the big thing for me, um, you know, it was a great program. The Islanders do a great job. Um, you know, over the last seven years, we have uh, over 100 players playing high-level NCAA hockey. And, you know, the big thing for me was being part of something bigger. Um, and that's really where the school piece comes into. And, you know, having a, a, a place where kids can go and, be with their teammates, study with their teammates, um, a great reputation to move kids on to college, um, a great school academically. And, you know, uh, a scenario where, you know, I was fortunate to play high school hockey and, you know, you, you get to go to this, you know, football games, basketball games, um, you know, the fans come to your games and, you know, it's kind of a quality of life where, you know, a lot of these kids unfortunately miss those, those great moments as, you know, high school students and the academies are the best of both worlds. Yeah. And I mean, and you and I, obviously we have a friendship uh, beyond hockey, but like we talk all the time. I mean, 
before we get into like the Boston Hockey Academy, just in general, I mean, again, I say this because the academies are midget hockey, basically. But I mean, what do you think of the landscape right now? I mean, every day there's new midget programs, new academies. I guess it's good in some aspect, but, you know, I guess in general, like what is your opinion on, on what we're seeing today with all these new teams and programs? Um, you know, what do you think of what's, what's developing every day, every season, every spring and summer with all these new organizations? Yeah, you know, obviously um, the more organizations there are, um, things tend to start getting a little bit more watered down. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer of, you know, you put in the work, um, and you can make it from any which way, whatever avenue you choose, whether it's high school hockey, prep school hockey, midget AAA. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, big thing for me is the, you know, brick and mortar schooling and having kids, you know, attend school with their peers, um, have that one-on-one -on -one interaction with teachers and, and principals and, you know, be able to go into, you know, the college counselor's office and, and talk about the schools that interest you at some point. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I agree with you on that stuff, like kind of having everything in place and, and just doing things the right way. Like, I don't care if programs want to start up or, or companies or whatever there is to help players, you know, develop. I'm just big on seeing things done the right way. And I think what people don't realize is like, like you guys, if you just look at your marketing, look at your website, look at, look at how everything you have set up with the school, you know, right now things are, you're putting in the time, the energy, the money, to kind of have a good product and you know at the end of the day it's an investment for the parents so it's really nice to see that you know I, I'm sure you see some other programs where you know they're kind of doing the right thing 60% of the way but they're lacking in, in some other aspects instead of kind of putting that foundation in and kind of building from the bottom up um, would you agree with that or yeah I mean you know we, we live in a day and age where you know you can visually see a lot of things so um on the side of, you know, directing a program, obviously having social media accounts that are up to date and active and a high quality website. And, you know, it really helps market the program. And in terms of, you know, players, um, the products, everything, you know, um, and we put a lot of time and effort into building our product, you know, everything from time on the ice, time in the gym, um, time doing skill development work, um, but that's the most important thing. And you need to have that foundation where, you know, kids can come in and they can develop. Yeah. So like getting more into like the Academy in Boston, like, like I said, I, I love what you guys are doing. Like what, tell us like typical, like in general, not too much detail because we'll break it down thing by thing or, or item by item with the training and things like that. But you know, what's, what is a typical day like? Like, what are you guys putting in place for the kids? Like, what time does the day start? When is ice practice? I know things change week to week depending on your game schedule, but kind of give us what student athletes at pick Boston Hockey Academy are looking at, you know, Monday to Friday. Yeah, so, you know, our Monday through Friday was, you know, that's the most important part of the, part of the week for us. I mean, um, you know, obviously we play games every weekend, um, but Monday through Friday has to be, cater to, you know, the best development model that we can have. Um, so school starts at 8.30 in the morning. All our students will go in. Um, we'll get out at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We'll go right over to the rink and we'll train from 2.30 to 5.30, both on and off ice. Um, 
and that was really important for us to get those times. Um, you know, a lot of midget AAA programs, even where I you know, was beforehand, um, the older you get, the later you go to the rink is kind of the model. And, you know, 16s and 18s will practice at 8, 9 o'clock at night. Um, and that's really hard to do as a coach and a player to get up and, and you know, compete at the highest levels to develop. So um, we really wanted, you know, an 8 to 6 day where, you know, they get their academics, they get their on-ice training, and they get their off-ice training. And, you know, they'll get home for 6 o'clock and they'll eat dinner at the right time, they'll study at the right time, and they'll go to bed at the right time. And that's really important for us. Yeah, when I'm always talking to parents, it's like I'm always touching on, like, efficiency. Like, there's kids I, I talk to parents, the, the players, whatever, and they're like, we're in a car an hour and a half, two hours, one way. And I'm like, I mean, you do the math three to four days a week, you know, four hours a night in the car, three times a week, 12 hours. I mean, that's 12 hours. You could be doing homework, resting, getting better. So it, it, it makes sense for a lot of kids today, especially with how the leagues and the travel set up. I mean, if you can kind of put everything in one place – and you probably end up saving some money, you know, by doing so. It, it makes a lot of sense with what you guys are doing. And, and obviously a lot of these academies, um, I guess with, this, with the setup you're seeing today throughout, um, I know you guys, you know, you could have had the choice when starting the program or the academy, like to have brick and mortar school, to have online school, be at a rink. You know, what, what is your opinion on, I guess in general, you know, the schooling piece and, and why did you guys choose – to keep the brick and mortar uh, component to, to your daily schedule by in choosing Madigan. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the big reason being for the brick and mortar for us is one, you know, we feel it's more beneficial for a student athlete to have, you know, those interaction skills going, going into college because at the end of the day, playing NCAA hockey is the number one goal for all these all these hockey players coming into Manion and, you know, when they go play college hockey, they're going into a brick and mortar school every day and they have to learn how to interact with people outside of their teammates and with teachers and with administrators. And I think that's an important quality to have. Um, the, the other part about it is, you know, uh, on the science side of things, you can only train for so long. It's, it's like studying. You can only study for so long before you start, you know, um, you stop retaining the information and, you know, the, the online academies, they're fortunate that they get to, you know, be on the ice all day long, but uh, unfortunately at the highest levels, um, you need to be competing at a hundred percent while you're on the ice. And there's only so long that you can do that in terms of e each day and having the right recovery time. So um, there's plenty of time to go to a brick and mortar school and still have, the proper amount of time on and off ice for training. Yeah, for sure. And then I think one thing that's pretty unique is, I mean, whenever I talk to you or, or even in this podcast episode, like I don't really ever hear anyone talk about anything outside of hockey and you were hitting on those extracurriculars, like at Madigan High, like what, what are kids going to be able to do outside of hockey? Like I, I know every kid wants to just play hockey, be in the gym and that's awesome. I mean, I was the same way, but there, there's something to be said about being able to have your son turn it off, go do something else, go play in a murals, go to a, go be in a club, go to a dance, go to a yeah. football game, have a life outside of hockey. I mean, same thing as, you know, like I touched upon with NCAA hockey. I mean, you go to the NCAA levels and you're expected to be part of the community. 
Um, and that's the same as our guys. Um, and whether that means we're going to, you know, homecoming, we're going to the big football game on a Friday night after practice, you know, Wednesday nights or basketball nights back at the school. And, you know, after practice, we'll grab dinner and we'll go, you know, jump up and down in the stands and be part of the community. Um, you know, and being able to do that with your teammates is, is something that you typically don't get at the major AAA level. You usually meet up at night, you practice together for an hour or two, and you go home, um, and you all go to different schools. So, I mean, it's really important for us, um, for our guys to be part of the community, um, and they'll be able to go to those big events. They'll be able to go to prom with their teammates and the other students. And um, when we wrap up in, in spring, you know, the majority of our kids are going to play baseball and lacrosse and they're going to be able to wear the Matignon jerseys and, you know, and have different friends that play those sports. So um, the community is very important to us. So, like, obviously, I, whenever I'm working with kids and my, with my company, we're always just looking for best fit. And I, and I don't think there's a reason to close any options down or anything like that. It just depends on the kid, what his needs are his development needs, his academic needs. But assuming someone at the same age, 16, 17, 18 years old, they're looking at an option and, and they're not going to play junior. And that's maybe it's prep school, U18, an academy setup. I guess, like I said, I, I have my opinions, but just for parents to hear it from you, to hear a different opinion, like what do you think is the benefit compared to those other general options of coming to an academy um, like Boston Hockey Academy compared to prep school, compared to, you know, a U18 setup where it's the traditional, like you were at Islanders or, or a program that's just, it's an academy, but it's a hybrid. You know, what do you think maybe benefits a little bit more with coming to that academy setup like you guys? Yeah, well, well first off, I mean, I, I'm a big believer of, you know, these kids have plenty of avenues to choose from and there's not a right and there's not a wrong. Um, prep school can be the right fit for somebody and you know a club u18 team it can be a great fit for another player um, I think the biggest things that um, the biggest things that really uh, benefit us and that we promote and we sell is is having the brick and mortar school um, you know it, it's it's really hard to play this sport with the amount of time and effort that goes into it on a regular basis for these kids to have any sort of life outside of hockey, having them in one building, one rink, um, in a school community makes it that much easier for them to have, you know, life outside of hockey and have those moments that they'll always remember and, you know, be, you know, participate in school events. And, you know, it's just, you know, you touched upon, you know, there's so many kids that we've recruited that, you know, have to travel an hour plus each way to meet up with a team at practice and, you know, go home and not see them maybe for another day or two until the next practice. So, um, yeah. And what, what about like, go on, sorry, I cut you off there, but yeah, what no. about, no, what about like the hockey aspect? Do you, again, assuming there's a fit for everybody, what would you say to a family that says, well, what about playing 30 games compared to 60 and, you know, being able to play hockey for three seasons? You know, what is your take on it? Obviously you're coming from an academy. So I always think it's interesting to hear, you know, the advantages yeah. that you think there are to that. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. By the you know, by the time prep school starts playing, we're gonna have had you know eighty team practices, you know, fifty workouts, and and have played thirty games already. So um, obviously, there's a benefit to having the full season and you know the team training. Um, split season hockey teams are very skilled, very talented, and there's great teams. You know, the big things that that are lacking there is you know the the Monday through Friday, which for our guys are, you know, consistent from day one. Um, they show up and we're training Monday through Friday on and off ice. And, you know, that's missed, unfortunately, with, you know, the prep schools in, in general, just because, you know, there's so much more extracurriculars that you have to be a part of within that school. So, like, obviously, I, I went to boarding school in New England. Like, I love the area. Like, you guys are honestly in the best – spot you could be as far as Boston, you know, and I think you're the only academy actually in Boston or even Massachusetts. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but, we're the um, first academy in Massachusetts. That's a brick and mortar school. Yeah, so obviously great area. Like touch on, I guess, you know, what leagues you guys are going to be in. Like what is that location going to do to help players advance? You know, what do you see happening with – you know, your model of the 15s, 16s, 18s, and, and what opportunities are there's going to be for, for players to advance. Obviously, the constant and all this is the player playing well and developing, but, you know, what is going to be there for them to, to kind of take advantage of with, with the area and I mean, scheduling? Right. I mean, uh, for, we're fortunate. I mean, we are, you know, we're in Cambridge, Mass., and um, which is, you know, part of Boston. It's, it's a great area, and we're fortunate where there's a huge amount of, um, NCAA programs in our backyard. So um, in terms of being seen and being recruited, you have to play places that, you know, coaches can get to and see you play. And, and that's going to be on a regular basis of, at Boston Hockey Academy because of our location. Um, the league itself, the Beast League, is, you know, primarily a New England league. So, you know, the, the nice part about it is a a long bus trip for us is about two and a half, three hours to Connecticut to play in a tournament, um, which is, it's important. I mean, we don't miss a lot of Friday days of practice um, for, for travel and we don't get home and, and miss Monday for travel. Um, a lot of programs in you know, non-traditional areas, uh, they miss, they start traveling on Thursday. They miss practice Thursday, Friday. They get home late Sunday. They miss practice Monday. And, you know, that's six hours of, you know, on and off ice development right there um, on a regular basis that you're, you're just not getting. Um, in terms of location for us, I mean, we're about 0.2 miles from Harvard um, where our guys can walk to and, and catch a game on a Friday night after practice. Um, there's not too many places that can say that. And, you know, we're on the red line and our guys can – you know, be at BU, BC, or the Boston Garden within um, a 10-minute T-ride. So um, location, you can't beat it. Tufts is about uh, a five-minute walk for us, and um, the location is, you know, very heavily um, young students um, and restaurants, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of extracurriculars even outside of hockey, the school, that these kids are able to do on a regular basis. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think, you know, I'm just curious, like I said, because we, we talk a lot and, and we have some pretty good conversations. But, you know, I, again, I have my opinions on, like, development with midget players. But 
what do you think the biggest things for the kids that, you know, that you think, you know, if a parent says, well, what does my son need to do from 15 to 18, you know, over the course of that time while playing midgets and, you know, playing it, say your academy and they come through the program for three years or, or, or even longer, you know, what, you know, what do you typically, you've had players go and play in the NA, USHL, Division One. you know, what are the best kids that are t- making the most of the development opportunities, the scheduling, the competition, you know, what are you seeing them kind of develop throughout those three years? You know, if a parent were to ask you, like, what is my study to focus on? I mean, it is, it is, <laughs> it's a funny question because, you know, all the players that, you know, we've been fortunate to coach that have moved on and done very well in hockey, you know, they all have the same, you know, trait, which is they, they work hard, they compete, they, you know, I feel our program is put together the product where you can come develop, get better each and every day, every week, every month and develop over three, four years of 15, 16 and 18s. Um, and that product is there. Um, but that product's only going to work if you show up and you compete every day and, and work. And, you know, that's an intangible that, um, you know, you see in every, every one of your players that has great success there, you know, they're obsessed with their game. They're passionate. They, they want more, they want to work more and, you know, they set the standard. Yeah. I think even like you look at the national team where they're keeping kids, you know, obviously it's the elite of the elite, but they're keeping kids together, training them, you know, you're staying with the same coach. I think there's something to be said to be able to come through the program, have familiarity with the coaching staff, um, you know, and understand, uh, you know, that they're seeing you develop and what you need to continue to work on. So you can make that jump to, to junior hockey eventually. And with that said, like you guys have a really good staff. You could touch on your, your coaching staff there at the Academy, but I know everybody is going to have a very different, unique uh, coaching style, but I guess what is the collective mission, uh, you know, of the coaching staff or the mission, you know, that you guys collectively have in common for the Academy? I guess touch a little bit on that if you can. Yeah, so, I mean, um, we all have slightly different philosophies on, you know, a few X's and O things like, uh, you know, what four checks or mutual zone regroups, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's going to go back to, you know, what I was just speaking about, and that's, you know, the, the work ethic. You know, we, we have – we've been able to adopt the school's um, motto, which is expect excellence, and, you know, when you talk to Sean McEachern, who, you know, coached at Rivers, coached in Hockey East, um, played, you know, 12 years in the NHL and played for the USA team, um, you know, what are your practices like? And practices across the board for all our coaches are extremely important. Um, and you asked John, you asked John, you asked myself, you need, you know, we want our guys going 110% practice, um, speed, speed, speed. And, you know, by – Every game, every weekend, the games are going to seem slower and slower for the guys because, you know, we're going to practice at, at such a high speed and tempo every day. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. All the guys you have working there are doing a really good job. I, and I even see – I'm sure everybody on your social media sees your players that you're announcing. And, I mean, you literally have players coming from all over the United States, and you guys are doing a pretty good job, it looks like breaking guys in from California, Arizona, um, everywhere across the country. I guess what's, what is, 
kind of giving you guys some success on the recruiting trail and, and, and kind of what are you guys looking for, um, you know, when it comes to players? And obviously your first year is going to be different from the second year and the third year. And I'm always a big believer. If you look at a three-year plan, your recruiting class is going to get better and better and better if you're doing the right thing. But I guess kind of touch on that for people out there. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, John Lazat, who's you know done a great job. He's our 15U coach. You know, obviously his recruiting was a little bit different than myself at the 18 level. Um, you know, John John has the you know uh, recruiting. He needs to find you know great hockey players and also hockey players that um, we expect to be in the program for multiple years, going 15, 16s to 18s, and and players that you know. Um, we're all very excited to coach when they move up the ranks and, and the school's very excited to have them as, you know, students. Um, so obviously that was a, a, a big, it was a really tough um, recruiting for him, just finding, you know, the type of student athlete that we want to have for, you know, three to four years. Um, on the 16U level, obviously, you know, I think the majority of people understand that's probably the biggest year that um, in terms of scouting that there is. Um, so, you know, we went after and we recruited a lot of players that we feel are, you know, um, potential division one athletes at some point um, that we can showcase and we can develop. And um, some of them hopefully will move right on and some of them will stay and play 18U. Um, for the 18 team, uh, you know, I really looked at, you know, kids that we can move on to um, the North American League or the BCHL or um, the USHL or the NCDC. And, you know, we, we most of those kids are seniors next year, so they're coming in for one year. And we want to make sure we had, you know, the kids or the class that coming in of, you know, 20 kids that we feel we can place um, the following year. And that was really important for us. So, like, before I'm going to ask you, like, you know, if I have a kid, like, and to get on your radar, you know, you can touch on that. But, but I'm always talking to parents and stuff, unless you're a dual citizen, that's a different story. But for American players that are aging out of 16s, there's only the USHL, the NHL, and then obviously in some situations, the NCDC. Um, but, you know, those – those are the only junior leagues you could play hockey in besides tier three, which, you know, there's a heavy argument that at that age, you shouldn't probably be playing tier three. So, um, you know, were you kind of explained to parents, obviously like college hockey needs article coming out, even showing the need for patience and, and kind of keeping your blinders on because, you know, the path forward is, is pretty similar as far as timeline goes for probably a majority of the kids getting to college at 20. But, you know, how do you guys kind of explain or, or show to parents that, like, look, you're going to need something after 16. There's only a handful of, you know, kids that are going to be able to make that jump right to juniors and know that it's a pretty good spot to be yeah. to kind of take that extra step and develop before getting into junior. Kind of what, what is your take on that and kind of what do you guys, you know, kind of share with, with parents and players? Yeah, I mean, obviously stats, you know, it goes a long way. Um, and, you know, there's, like you said, there's been recent articles where, you know, it's, it's over double the amount of players that are playing um, tier one, tier two juniors out of 18s and 16s. So um, the majority of players will need that extra year of development. Um, and there is no rush, you know, 
even after if you get there a year early, you're probably still playing the amount of time that if you played a year of 18s. Um, you know, a big thing for me is, you know, being comfortable. Um, when you're going into a junior program at a young age, are you comfortable that you're going to get the proper training, proper time on ice, and um, where you're going to develop? Um, if you're not comfortable where you are, then you need to, you know, definitely spend another year and, and develop. But at the same time, um, a lot of this falls on, you know, myself and the other coaches with our program that, you know, they see what we do on a regular basis and they feel they develop and they're going to want to stay in the program uh, their 18-year year because they know they're getting that much better every day. Yeah, too. And I, and I think one other thing with that, you know, you go through the ladder of development and you, you know, play a year of 18s or, or prep school or whatever you end up deciding and even if you're in Boston like I think what people don't realize like Beantown Classic an event that's been around for for tons of years you know it's a it's a it's a event that everybody knows you know you go to that event and you know being in the east coast I always have parents say well am I gonna lose you know exposure to the midwest and it's like you go to that event alone never mind some of the others and you've got any teams from Texas any teams from the midwest walking around so you know at some point where you're playing is a pretty it's a pretty healthy area as long as you're going to the right events and you're not really giving up anything. You don't need to be in the Midwest. It's, it, it all does, like you said, come down to where is your son comfortable? Where is he going to do well in school? Where is he going to have a good experience? Because if he doesn't have all that, he's not going to play his best because he's not happy. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it's, it's so much work between being a hockey player and being a student athlete that you need to be comfortable. You need to enjoy your surroundings or, you know, you're not going to play your best. You're not going to develop your best. So let's say like, you know, there's parents out there, they have a 15, 16, 17 year old son. I mean, maybe even, you know, maybe even 14 because you guys have 15s. You know, what would you recommend um, with today's, in today's age, there's millions of players. I mean, there's so many good players all over the place. Um, that, you know, what would you recommend to the parents if they wanted to get on the radar for the Boston Hockey Academy, you know, even if you don't have a chance to see them in season or you do, you know, what, are, what should they do? What would be some good steps to kind of be proactive and, and kind of get in touch with, with you or one of your staff members to kind of maybe at least um, see if it's a fit for both sides um, for their son to, to kind of attend the Boston Hockey Academy? Yeah, I think obviously reaching out um, is very important for – for, you know, one of these kids to learn to do and and also to put them on our radar for us. Um, we play in every major showcase in New England. Um, often there's teams from the Midwest that come out to New England. Um, and we have, you know, we have six full-time hockey guys on our staff where um, we will be at, you know, every major event recruiting. So, um, you know, for, for us, reaching out is very important. Uh, I think it's important for every, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old to, you know, learn how to do and, um, you know, and send your schedule with your email and, you know, lay out different areas where you're going to be. And um, I think it's really important. And what do you think of like, you know, like I work for programs and, you know, I used to recruit really young kids where they move away, they bill it. Um, I met parents who they, they, didn't even need to visit. They felt comfortable sending their kid across the country. Like, you know, 
if you have a 14 year old son, even 15, I mean, some parents 16, 17, you know, and they're, they're nervous to send their kid away with a you know, new billet family, dorm setting, school, you know, what kind of comfort could you give them with, with, you know, you know, maybe making them feel just a little bit better about sending their kid, you know, from California to Boston or Texas to Boston, or even New Hampshire to Boston, just, just, you know, some people, it's, it's the first time their son's going to leave home. Yeah. I mean, obviously different families and, you know, different players and moms and dads are going to have a different level of, you know, being comfortable of when, when that time is. Um, but I really think it comes down to the organization. Um, you know, I'm fortunate I'm going on my 11th year of, you know, having dorm billet scenarios and, um, you know, I've, I've sat down and helped players that got dumped for the first time and, you know, we're homesick for the first time. And we, we've walked those through, you know, walked through that with players and, you know, our success rate is, is very high. I mean, they get comfortable. They enjoy where they're at. Our staff is, you know, trained and, you know, to make sure that transition is, is smooth. I mean, that's a huge part of our job. Um, the majority of our players do come and, you know, dorm or billet. And, you know, we need to make sure that is, you know, a very comfortable transition. So I think it's kind of organization to organization. Um, but, you know, John Lazat's coming from the Northern Cyclones where, you know, 95% of their players are, you know, coming from outside the area as well. And um, we have a lot of people, uh, Sean coached at prep school the last 10 years and, a lot of those players moves away from home. So, um, I mean, we're very comfortable with the, you know, with the ups and downs that will come with that. And, and, and um, I think New England is a great place for, especially Boston, for a kid to make a move to because that's the base of so many of the major showcases. And when parents come out and visit, they can see four or five game weekends. Yeah, I think like going back to it, like we talked about earlier on in the conversation, like just finding an organization that, you know, surface level, a lot of them look pretty great, but do your homework, right? If you don't have someone helping you, like like my company, we help kids, you know, figure out what's going to be the best spot and, and what's on the up and up and things like that. But do your homework, feel comfortable if you can visit, visit, but I mean, honestly, find people that want to do things the right way for the right reasons and, and that care, you know what I mean? Because you know, once, once they move away, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a big decision. It's a big commitment. It's a financial commitment. And I think, you know, you coming on your show is like, you know, whoever listens to this, how many people listen to it, you know, if it's just something you, you guys use on your website or social media to, for people to get to know you, it, it, it kind of explains the inner workings of how you guys are trying to do things. And it's a lot different than some, some other programs. I think some programs just want to sign kids, have good teams, and then it's next year's a new team, new player, and whoever wants to return returns. And, um, you know, I think it says a lot about what you guys are trying to do there. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, like I said, I, I agree with the area you guys are in, the development model, the midget models, obviously it's, it's a proven thing. It's been around forever. Um, and I obviously just want to thank you for coming on here and spending time to talk about your new endeavor, the Academy, you know, what you guys are trying to do there, your staff and, and your recruiting philosophy and everything else that we've touched on. So I appreciate the time. Um, and kind of, like I said, I want to, I want to give you the last word, anything else you'd like to add before I kind of close this thing down. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you have the final word here. 
Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. And um, like like you just said, you know, I'll, I'll leave it with, you know, there's a lot of programs out there. Um, there's a lot of great avenues for kids and there's a lot of different avenues for, for each player. And, you know, do your homework, get to know the staff, um, understand the mission of each program and, and feel comfortable wherever you decide to go. Well, thanks again, Nate. Like I said, this is uh, Paragon Sports Consulting. I'm a player advisor based in Chicago. My name is Colby Drosen. I appreciate you all joining us today and listening to what Nate Bostic and the Boston Hockey Academy is offering kids these days. And like I said, follow us on paragonsportsconsulting.com.